everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we're reading Joshua chapters 11 through 12. But chapter 11, as you may have noticed in your journal, raises a question regarding the hardening of hearts. How are we to understand Joshua 11 verse 20, which reads... For it was the Lord himself who hardened their hearts to wage war against Israel so that he might destroy them totally, exterminating them without mercy as the Lord had commanded Moses. Well, let's backtrack a little and remember how we got here. In chapter 9, the Israelites made a treaty with the Gibeonites. Having failed to seek direction from the Lord, they blindly yoked themselves to the Gibeonites. In chapter 10, the five Amorite kings all teamed up against Israel because Israel's partnership with Gibeon concerned them. But no worries, God was on Israel's side. They were miraculously victorious, and God caused the sun to stand still, commemorating this day. And then basically, the Israelites kill the five kings and take control of the whole region. Chapter 11, another king hears of Israel's victorious battles, so he gathers some neighboring kings and they all go up against Israel together, but this time with a huge army and mighty chariots. And again, the same thing happens. Israel, under Joshua's leadership, goes to war God's way and they win. They win and they win and they win. Then we get to verses 16 through 20 where Joshua takes the entire land and the why behind his success is sort of summed up. Joshua 11 verses 16 through 20 in the NLT read. So Joshua conquered the entire region, the hill country, the entire Negev, the whole area around the town of Goshen, the western foothills, the Jordan Valley, the mountains of Israel and the Galilean foothills. The Israelite territory now extended all the way from Mount Halak, which leads up to Seir in the north. As far north as Baal Gad at the foot of Mount Hermon in the valley of Lebanon. Lots of hard names in there. Joshua killed all the kings of those territories, verse 18, waging war for a long time to accomplish this. No one in this region made peace with the Israelites except the Hivites of Gibeon. All the others were defeated. For the Lord hardened their hearts and caused them to fight the Israelites, so they were completely destroyed without mercy as the Lord had commanded Moses. And that verse, that last verse, it just raises some questions. The Lord hardened their hearts and caused these nations to fight against the Israelites only to be completely destroyed. And in my head, I picture like a YMCA eight and under basketball team was determined to play against the best team in the NBA. The YMCA team would be destined to fail. What kind of craziness is happening here? Well, The YMCA versus the NBA comparison is how we might blindly look at this text. Mistakenly, we might think that the foreign nations are the YMCA and God somehow compelled their hearts to believe that they should go up against Israel, the NBA team. But in reality, these foreign nations should have beat Israel. By comparison, Israel was not the expected winner of these battles. Kings were teaming up with one another to defeat them. In, in this passage, we see Israel as the YMCA and these other kings as the NBA. It would have been very logical for the foreign nations having teamed up to think they could defeat Israel. The odds were in their favor, so it's shocking that Israel won time and time again. So the moral of the story here in verse 20 is that God fights for his people. He goes before them. When the odds were stacked against them, God leads them to victory. One commentator puts it like this. 
all these battles were won without horses and chariots. How? Because the Lord was fighting for Israel. The God who fights for us in Christ Jesus will bring us to a land of eternal rest by his spirit. The Lord told Joshua, do not be afraid of them. For at this time tomorrow, I will cause all of them to be killed before Israel. That's verse six. In fact, the Lord influenced these Canaanite kingdoms to fight against Israel by affecting their desire. God knew the desire of their hearts was to oppose Israel at war. As a result, God provided the opportunity for their will to be carried out. Yet, when they fought against Israel, they signed their own death certificates. For in fighting against Israel, they were fighting against God. Which is crazy. Let me let me read that again slowly. God knew, he knew, the desire of their hearts was to oppose Israel at war. So as a result, God provided the opportunity for their will to be carried out. Yet, when they fought against Israel, they signed their own death certificates. For in fighting against Israel, they were fighting against God. And the commentator keeps going. Joshua 11:20 recalls what God had done similarly to Pharaoh and his officials in relation to the Hebrews in Egypt over 400 years prior. For it was the Lord's intention to totally harden their hearts since they had long hardened them against themselves. That's Exodus 10 verses 1 and verse 20. The Israelite army did not need horses and chariots. They had all they needed in God. God is always enough. His grace is always sufficient. As Paul rhetorically asked, if God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.31. The implication is if God is for us, no one can be against us and win. The Israelites were thoroughly victorious because they were consistently obedient to their military commander who was obedient to God in the God of the word. As the Lord had commanded his servant Moses, so Moses commanded Joshua. And Joshua did as he was told, carefully obeying all the commands that the Lord had given to Moses. That's Joshua eleven fifteen. The commentator concludes, God calls his children to trust and obey him. That's the formula for being successful in the work of the kingdom. The odds were stacked against Israel. Like they were the little guys. They shouldn't have won. And they faced an army who, much like Pharaoh back in the day, was set on opposing them. But God showed up. He came through. He honored their obedience. If you find yourself getting hung up on the hardened heart idea and can't see past it, flip back to Exodus. We see that Pharaoh hardened his heart, Exodus 8.15. Pharaoh hardened his heart, Exodus 8.32. Pharaoh hardened his heart, Exodus 9. God hardened Pharaoh's heart, Exodus 10. God sees the heart. Just as in the garden, he gives people a choice. We can choose God or we can oppose him. And just like Pharaoh, the enemies of Israel in Joshua 11 chose to oppose God. And God allowed that hard heart posture to persist or even to just exist. We've got choices. But then eventually God says, hey, they've made up their mind. So by hardening the hearts of Israel's enemies, God simply allowed those enemies to carry out the oppositional desires that were already present. Where do I get that? Well, In verse three, we learn that among these enemies of Israel are the Amorites, and we've heard about them before, back in Genesis 15. God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall go back to your fathers in peace and you shall be buried in a good old age. And they shall come back here in the fourth generation for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. 
The iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. This is Genesis. The iniquity or the guilt, said differently, of the Amorites was not yet complete, meaning that at the time, the Amorites were not yet deserving of punishment and they had time to repent. God could have wiped them out way back when, but instead he gave them time. Nevertheless, they were still determined to oppose Israel. And I really wish we could keep talking about this, but we're out of time. So if you pull up Constable's notes on Joshua 11, there are some really helpful commentaries there that I'd encourage you to check out. Because whenever we read something that seems to challenge the character of God, there's always more to the story. And more often than not, we're lacking in our understanding of other relevant passages. I learned about that verse in Genesis 15 today. There's so much more to be discovered. Keep studying. That's all we've got time for. If you've got kids, don't forget to check out the Join the Journey Junior podcast. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.